Welcome to Scarlet Tavern. Grab a drink, take a seat, and let's begin. Just remember, when it comes to the Church of Scientology, the E-meter might measure electrical resistance, but it won't tell you where you left your car keys or why you decided to join a religion based on an author's wild imagination. It's a mystery only Tom Cruise can solve. This is the conclusion to Scientology. And of course, this is Scarlet Tavern. Savior L. Ron Hubbard and his prophet John Travolta have for us today. Yeah, well, Tom Cruise humor probably went right over his head. Oh! Um, wow. So. This man is basically an idiot. Yeah. That's impossible. At the time of this recording, um, I just returned back from being a game master at Origins Game Fair. Um, courtesy of World of Game Design. Yeah. And it was so much fun. Um, it was my first time DMing for people that were not my friends. Uh, also DMing for that long. I DMed for about 24 hours in a row. Um, so that was six four-hour sessions. Uh, it was a lot, but my, my throat was killing me on Sunday during our session. Um, and then I came back Sunday and did our session. So on top of that, you sound a little little rough, but you, you, you pushed through. um, So, but it was a ton of fun and super exciting because, because of that, some big stuff is going to be happening with Dungeons and Magi, with Scarlet Tavern, with a few other things that we have in the works. And so we are super, super excited. We will announce all of that stuff when it goes public. Um, But some really, really big things. Um, So yeah, and then this coming weekend, we are headed to New York for 4th of July for five days. So super exciting, but, um, yeah, we are at the final part of Scientology. We have not been shut down yet. We have not died yet. So that's a bonus. I don't have any other new voices in my head and no emails. That surprises me. At ben, ben.edwards at dungeonsandmagi.com. Uh, the emails or the voices in my head? Both. Very, I was about to say, it's very important I know which well, one. Well, it... So, are they... Are they uh, mugwort voices? Uh, they change every time? You know? Now yeah, that I pretty think much. About it, now much. that I think about it. Um, <coughs> Alright, so... Hey, I got those accents down, 
Just don't do a Belvis impression. It's my thing. Alright, so. Um, we're gonna go into some terms, some descriptions of Scientology, uh, what they're doing now, uh, what other people think of Scientology, stuff like that. Um, more to the modern day. So, <clears throat> the term free zone was first coined in 1984 by Bill Robertson, an early associated associate of Hubbard's. That year, Robertson founded Ron's Org, a loose federation of Scientology groups operating outside the church. Headquartered in Switzerland, Ron's Org has affiliated centers in Germany, Russia, and other former parts of the Soviet Union. Robertson claimed that he was channeling messages from Hubbard after the latter's death, through which he discovered OT levels above the 8th then being offered by the church. Although its founding members were formerly part of the church, as, it's, as it developed, most of those who joined had had no prior involvement in the church. After non-church group, another non-church group was the Advanced Ability Center, founded by David Mayo in Santa Barbara area. Church eventually succeeded in, the church eventually succeeded in shutting it down. In 2012, a Scientology center in Haifa, Israel, defected from the church. As well as these organizations, there are also small groups of Scientologists outside the church who meet informally. Some avoid establishing public centers and communities for fear of legal retribution from the church. There are also other free zone practitioners who practice what Thomas calls a very individualized form of Scientology, incurring innovation with Hubbard's technology. I want to see what a Scientology center in the former Soviet Union is like. I want to sit... <laughs> The Scarlet Tavern needs to sponsor a trip to one of these places. <laughs> yeah, in, let's... In, Sov in Soviet Russia, Scientology uses you. Yeah. Uh, um, the Church of Scientology was described as the world's most controversial new religion. Uh, it was also termed arguably the most persistently controversial of contemporary new religious movements. According to one person, the church had a documented history of extremely problematic behavior, ranging from espionage against government agencies to shocking attacks on the critics of the church and abuse of its own members. At fir a first point of controversy was its challenge of the psychotherapeutic establishment. Another was a 1991 Time magazine article that attacked the organization which responded with a major lawsuit that was rejected by the court as baseless early in 1992. A third is its religious tax status in the United States, the, as the IRS granted the organization tax-exempt status in 1993. It has been in conflict with the governments and police forces of many countries, including the U.S., the U.K., Canada, France, and Germany. It has been one of the most uh, litigious religious movements in history filing, filing countless lawsuits against governments, organizations, and individuals. Reports and allegations have been made by journalists, courts, and governmental bodies of several countries that the Church of Scientology is an unscrupulous commercial enterprise that harasses its critics and brutally exploits its members. 
A considerable amount of investigation has been aimed at the organization by groups ranging from the media to governmental agencies. Controversies involving the Church of Scientology, some of them ongoing, include criminal behavior by members of the organization, including the infiltration of the U.S. government, organized harassment of people perceived as enemies of the Church of Scientology, Scientology's disconnection policy in which some members are required to shun friends or family who are antagonistic to the organization, the death of Scientologist uh, Lisa McPherson while in the care of the organization, um, Robert Mitten sponsored the multi-million dollar lawsuit against Scientology for the death of McPherson, and in May 2004, McPherson's estate and the Church of Scientology reached a confidential settlement. Attempts to legally force search engines to censor information critical of the Scientology organization and allegations the organization's leader, David uh, Miscavige, beats and demoralizes staff and that physical violence by superiors towards staff working for them is a common occurrence in the organization. Scientology spokeswoman, spokesman Tommy Davis denied these claims and prov- uh, provided witnesses to rebut them. Provided witnesses that he beats into rebutting them. Guarantee you the guy beats the shit out of these people. I mean, the, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Yeah. As the, as the, uh, the old saying goes... Scientology social programs such as drug and criminal rehab have likewise drawn both support and criticism. Stephen A. Kent, a professor of sociology, has said that Scientologists see themselves as possessors of doctrines and skills that can save the world, if not the galaxy. As stated in Scientology Doctrine, the whole agonized future of this planet, every man, woman, and child on it, and your own destiny for the next endless trillions of years depend on what you do here and now with and in Scientology. Kent has described Scientology's ethics system as a peculiar brand of morality that uniquely benefited the Church of Scientology. In plain English, the purpose of Scientology ethics is to eliminate opponents, then eliminate people's interests in things other than Scientology. Many former members have come forward to speak out about the organization and the negative effects its teachings have had on them, including celebrities such as Leah Remini. Remini spoke about her split from the Church of Scientology, saying that she still has friends within the organization whom she is no longer able to speak with. This is probably the most famous split. Um, she even did had an entire show based around it, um, which was an amazing show. Leah Remini really kind of put herself in the limelight um and it backfired on her um yeah, you don't see her in anything yeah i mean she she was kind of white uh blacklisted from everything because of it oh, i mean yeah, it re- they, they trashed her hard i mean hard. it really honestly just just from what we've gone over here and looking this up as big as Scientology is, their influence really only seems to have any sway in the entertainment industry. Of course. And that's simply, and that's simply for the benefit of many high-ranking members. Just There's high-ranking directors, producers, and actors and actresses who just... They're Scientology, but 
every effort they seem to try and do outside of the entertainment industry, they get slapped down harder than the than um, Miscavige, Mis whatever this guy's name is, uh, staff Miscavige. Miscavige's, you know, staff mm -hmm. after an employee evaluation day. Yeah. So it, it seems really interesting. They they they. They seem to really hype themselves up as we're this big influential church organization. It's like you really don't have you have it, but at the same time you really don't have much. Or if you did, you don't have it anymore. Because every time they try and do something like infiltrate the U.S. government, they get clapped back. <laughs> yeah. Um, in January 1951, the New Jersey Board of Medical Examiners brought proceedings against the Dianetic Research Foundation on the charge of teaching medicine without a license. Um, if I do recall, it went nowhere. Um, and Because obviously, they continued. Um, Hubbard's critics often... Hubbard's critics often see attacking his life story as a means of delegitimation delegitimizing Dianetics and Scientology. Common criticisms directed at Hubbard was that he drew upon pre-existing sources in the allegation that he was motivated by financial reasons. During his lifetime, Hubbard was accused of using religion as a facade for Scientology to maintain tax-exempt status and avoid prosecution for false medical claims. The IRS cited a statement frequently attributed to Hubbard that the way to get rich was found was to found a religion. Many of Hubbard's science fiction colleagues include, including Sam Merwin, Lloyd Arthur, uh, Lloyd Arthur Eschbach, and Sam Moskowitz, recall Hubbard raising the topic in conversation. Of course, these are three huge science fiction writers. These right, are like, but, I mean, let's let's be real. Uh, it's that was legitimately his reason for founding Scientology was money. Yeah. He had, I mean, just at the club, the, the Hydra club that he, that Hubbard was a part of, which all great. Some of the great founders of the modern, of, you know, modern science fiction were part of, it seemed like he's hobnobbing with people that he is like, I guess to put it in a sports analogy, he's, Hal Hubbard's minor league, he's hobnobbing with, with the pros. And oh, yeah. it seems like he's just, it seems like, oh, I can just imagine him literally at this Hydra club just pining on and on. Oh, I can't sell anything. Oh, how am I going to make money? And probably tell him and hold him just probably to shut him up. Hey, why don't you just make a religion? Make a shit ton of money. There's a bunch of idiots out there. And yeah. he just like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're right, you're right, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not really, wrong, I, though. <laughs> no, you, you're, no, you, you're not, not, not wrong at all. It's just, it, I, I really just imagine he's just, you know, I bet you anyone, if we had asked these people, these authors like Isaac Asimov and everyone, like, hey, what did you think of Hubbard? It's like, oh, God, that guy, I wish he'd never shut up. Yeah. I really, I really feel like that's how he was at these clubs. Um, And, like, Sam Moskowitz, for those in the sci-fi genres um he wrote explorers of the infinite seekers of tomorrow um under the moons of mars he did a lot of stuff 
Um, he also he wrote under the name Sam Martin as well, um, but he's done hundreds and hundreds of stuff. He did some twist of some Lovecraftian stuff. Um, these are like the info. These are like the people that influence so many of our, our writers today. Yeah. And, yeah. And I'll tell you, if he would have just stuck to writing with what he did with what he believes with the aliens and all of that, that would have made a good story. It would have made a good movie. Yeah. It would have made well, a good book. I would have read it. I mean, they did try to make uh, Battlefield Earth a movie, and that was just horrible. Uh, yeah, but... I, that movie I, was atrocious. I watched it. I, I watched it, and I, I feel dumber for, for watching it. Yeah, like, I, like I, I don't... Caleb, I don't know if you remember trying to watch it at Mike's house. It was horrible. It was so bad. It, it was... So bad. Oh, God. Like, it just... It, it seemed like he had, like, all these ideas, which is like, I mean, okay, aliens conquer Earth, whatever, fine, nothing new about that. And then he just, like, connected these ideas with, like, the very thin cord, and it's like, wait, wait what, what, what is going on here? What, I don't, yeah. I can't follow this shit. And yeah. then, of course, yeah. John Travolta, but if you ask John Travolta today, what do you think? What do you feel about all the horrible criticism that got off a movie that you had a part in? He's like, that wasn't a bad movie. That's a wonderful movie. I love yeah, that movie. I'm like, he yeah, thinks it's but, his... you're like the only person who did. But he's also a member. Oh yeah, no, so, that's exactly why nobody takes him seriously. About right, it, like. right. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm gonna tout that too. If I'm a member, oh yeah, you know, it was the greatest thing on earth. Like, there's there's been plenty of movies that have been made, and over the course of time, they get better, or at least critics look at them in a better light. Like Heaven's Gate for example. Mm -hmm. No relation to the actual Heaven's Gate cult. Um, that was a horrible movie when it came out. Yeah. And it, in my opinion, it's still a horrible movie. And this is from somebody who is an avid Western fan. You know you know what they need to do with Battlefield Earth is they need to make it into a uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode. Oh, yeah. Why? Then, I, it I, would, I, then it would elevate it so much. Totally. If you ever watch, folks, anyone out there, if you ever watch Mystery Science Theater, it's amazing. Also watch the movie version. They actually made a movie of it, and it was like this island Earth. Was Neil Patrick Harris in that one? Because uh, he had a lot no. to do with the show. He did, but I don't think he was. Because he is a huge. He was a huge fan of the original, and then he was. He was the reason that they revamped it. He's the reason that the show came back. Is he goes? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want that. He's a super nerd. Not only is he one of the, one of the, I mean, he's, Neil Patrick Harris is also one of the greatest magicians in the world, and he keeps it hidden. He, he is on, like, the board of magicians. Like, they have their own, like, yeah, they have their own thing. He got inducted into, the, like, the Magician's Hall of Fame, and he is, a, he's a world-class magician. Yeah, I didn't know. I, uh, who knew Dookie Hauser, Dookie Hauser could actually do that? Plus, I mean, he's one of the greatest Broadway performers of all time. Um, yeah. uh, that man can sing and dance his way into anything. But yeah, he he was the reason they brought back Mystery Science Theater 3000. Because he was such a fan of the original. You'll If you watch the new stuff, he's in it. You'll hear him talking. He does like the hosting of it and stuff like that. 
Well, you know what, though? He probably Maybe it's a good thing they don't go after Scientology or make fun of that movie because... Or, because, well, actually, if they did try and go after... Scientologists went after MS3TK, they would probably... All of the nerds of the world would unite and, and strike down Scientology. Oh, yeah. I MS3TK is... If you guys have not seen it, I definitely go watch the originals first because they're a whole yes. good thing. They do like the 1920s, 1930s, old, horrible, horrible sci-fi movies that were just the worst. The the new version did a lot does a lot of the newer but really cheap made cheaply made movies yeah um oh but god. god it's it's one of the greatest shows i i was so happy when it came back i we got we had a teacher in school that was a huge fan so in our downtime we got to watch that i had those teachers it was great uh, i also went to a performing arts school so so it's basically like the equivalent of the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, I mean, basically yeah. the the hey, way. Have you ever seen it, Aaron? Um, I don't know that. I've seen it. Okay, so okay, so the way the, the way Mystery Science okay. Theater works for those that don't have never seen it is they take sci-fi shows or movies and they play it on a screen. You are in there like you're part of the audience at a movie theater. And then on the front row are these figures that you see their shadows. And originally they were puppets. They were like Jim Henson puppets. And actually Jim Henson, if I remember right, Jim Henson created the puppets for MS3TK. Um, And so they do all this commentary on the TV shows and the movies. And it is... The most comedic thing. It is so funny. And when it first came out, people weren't sure if it was supposed to be serious or funny. So it had this niche audience. But oh my god, is it great. Yes. Especially if you especially if you have the humor of liking um Spaceballs and right. uh Monty Python and stuff like that. It's that it's that type of humor. Like I the original I loved. The new ones are really good. And I watched it all the time, but Just I don't la- think I've seen them. One last thing before we get back on about the new and uh, everything with the new MS3TK, loved it. Don't agree with them including um, the lamp, uh, Land of Time for God and Earth's Core in there. I thought I own those movies, and I think they're actually good movies. Like I was like. I don't know why you're ripping on that riffing on this one. They're actually pretty good on on their own. It's still it was still funny. It was just like usually you guys go with just bad movies. These were good movies, in my opinion. We're gonna have to do a night of watching those. We will. Um, you'll like it because uh, what's her name? Um, Felicia. Uh, Felicia Day is one of the yeah, hosts. Really? Yes, she's oh, one of the hosts. Yes. And then okay, you remember the short guy that was in uh, King of Queens? Patton Oswald. Patton Oswald, he's yes. one of them. Really? Yes, okay. yes. Okay. So there's there's some great and of course everybody loves Felicia Day. So Felicia Day, if if you're watching this, uh, we would love to have you on our show. Um, yeah. right. We'd also love you to be in Dungeons and Magi, uh, and we'll create a character just for you. Um, so. All right. 
So. Um, uh, yeah. Hubbard grew up in a climate that was very critical of organized religion and frequently quoted anti-religious sentiments in his early lectures. The scholar Marco Frenchkowski, uh, the University of Mainz, has stated that it was not easy for Hubbard to come to terms with the spiritual side of his own movement. Hubbard did not want to found a religion. He discovered that what he was talking about was in fact religion. This mainly happened when he had to deal with the apparent memories from former lives. He had to defend himself about this to his friends. Well, I mean, when you're millions of years old. No, no, billions. 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 Yeah, when you're billions of years old, that's bound to happen. I mean, you ever notice that these guys always talk like billions and trillions? Like, we get it. Listen, I'm negative 30. I was born 30 years from now. So what's that make me then? Negative 2,000. (laughs) As we've been going through there, I always notice it's like, God, the Bible doesn't go back this far. Good God. I mean, it's like you're compensating. It's like, we go back trillions of years. I'm like, uh uh-huh. Yeah. It just seems like it's... God. I was just saying, it seems like they're overcompensating. It's like, yeah. for an organization that really does disdain other religions, you seem like hell-bent on like mimicking them. Yeah. Um, Frenchkowski allows that there were practical concerns in the question of how to present Scientology to the outside world, but dismisses the notion that the religious format was just an uh, exped- expedient pretense. Frenchkowski points to many passages in Hubbard's works that documents his struggle with this question. Frenchkowski suggests that it was a biographical mistake to suggest that Hubbard only became interested in Scientology as a religion in 1954. He notes that Hubbard discussed religion and the concept of God even in the years leading up to the emergence of Scientology, and that he did not rush into religion, but rather discovered it through the development of his work with pre-clears. This guy's definitely a Scientologist. Wonder if he is. Oh, he's gotta be. He's because he, he's like he's, he's broken that so hard. I, I I wasn't gonna say say it, but yeah, that's like oh, good God. Why don't you just why don't you guys just bone and just get it over Ex- with? Exactly. He he's like stroking it so hard. He's gotta be. Um. It's like, dude, are you? I, I, yeah, he probably is a Scientologist, and he's probably. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a high high end member. He is yeah. a German Protestant theologian. Yeah. Okay. Really. Yeah. Interesting. And a history of religion scholar. There you go. There you are, right there. They're your academic types. Yeah. Um. So, drawing parallels to similar struggles for identity in other religious movements, such as theosophy and transcendental meditation, of course, we're going into other fake religions. Um, Theosophy, of course, started by Madame Blavatsky, uh, which we are going to talk about Madame Blavatsky. Um, Uh, we'll, We'll be... We'll be doing a Madame Blavatsky, probably a mix of her and Aleister Crowley together, because they kind of go hand in hand. 
another sure. one of those Russian misdeeds. Yeah. Um, and then transcendental meditation uh, goes back like uh, it's like the whole yogi stuff. Um, it, it actually members of the Beatles and the Beach Boys were part of trans uh, transcendental meditation. So um, that's why I don't like them. Uh, they're two of the most overrated bands. Um, what about the monkeys? You better be talking about the monkeys and not the Beatles. No, it's the Beatles and the Beach the Boys. I don't oh, like. I don't. I don't like either. What about the monkeys? I don't like the monkeys. The monkeys were awesome, dude. No. And I think the Beach Boys are overrated. Wow. They yeah, are. I know, Send right? all hate mail to, to Caleb. What? Doc what? Edwards. <laughs> Great, I gotta deal with that. First of all, the Beach Boys are not over... They are. are not overrated, they're just overplayed. Same thing with the Beatles. Beatles were not that good. See, now I have to concur with that, because I'm not a Beatles fan either. Beatles well, you were... also don't like Johnny Cash, so you're I just... Do not he doesn't like Elvis. Elvis either. And I don't like Elvis Are you either. an American, sir? Are you... 100%. Are you a... he, he's, I, 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 he's a, he's a Yankee right along with you. I, yeah. Now, I mean, don't get no, me He's wrong. a Yankee. He was I, I born think, in Pennsylvania. He's like, in regards to Elvis, I think he was a phenomenal performer. He was not a musician. He was a performer. And he knew he was very charismatic. And he knew how to use his hips. charisma and his hips and his gyration to become a phenomenon um is he a musician re remind me remind me to show you guys there is right now there is a app using ai generator that allows you to plug in lyrics to a song and do have another person do it have another famous famous person sing it well somebody really? did somebody did baby got back by elvis and it actually sounds really fucking good yeah, like, it actually like, like it sounds like it sounds like something he would have like if he were still alive he probably would have written a song like that. Okay. It sounded really good. I'll I ha I found the I saved the TikTok. I'll do it. I'm gonna try and get the AI generator and uh, have have Elvis do uh, our song. Um, maybe we can have a famous person sing our theme song. Um, so. Uh, again, drawing parallels to similar struggles for identity in other religious movements, such as theosophy and transcendental meditation. Frenchkowski sees in Hubbard's lectures the case of a man whose background was non-religious and who nevertheless discovers that his ideas somehow oscillate between science, in a very pro popular sense, religion, and philosophy, and that these ideas somehow fascinate so many people that they start to form a separate movement. Hubbard experiments with traditional religious language, language in a short piece written in 1953 called The Factors, a basic expression of Scientologist cosmology and metaphysics, reprinted in current Scientology literature. Frenchkowski observes that the text is partly biblical in structure 
and that this development is a component of Scientology's metamorphosis into a religion, written at a point when the nature of the new movement was unclear. The Church of Scientology says that the idea of Hubbard starting a religion for personal gain is an unfounded rumor. The organization also also suggests that the origin of the rumor was a remark by George Orwell, which had been misattributed to Hubbard. The George Orwell. No, or, I mean, come on. Orwell would never do such a thing. I First yeah. of all, I love yeah. George Orwell. I love him. One of the greatest authors. Orwell was phenomenal. Yep. Just not a fan of 1984. I like Anim- I thought Animal Farm was his better work. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, so they're they're saying that George Orwell started the rumor. Um, well, I, I could see him doing it. I really could. So Robert Vaughn Young, who was a whistleblower for Scientology. He left the organization in 1989 after being a spokesman for 20 years. He suggested that reports of Hubbard making such a statement could be explained as a mis- misattribution, despite having encountered three of Hubbard's associates from his science fiction days who remembered Hubbard making statements of that sort in person. It was Young who, by a stroke of luck, came up with the Orwell quote. But I have always thought there might be a lot of cash in starting a new religion, and we'll talk it over sometime. It appears in a letter by Eric Blair, known to the world as George Orwell, to his friend, Jack Common, dated 16 February 1938, and was published in Collected Essays, Journalism, and Letters of George Orwell, Volume 1. In 2006, Rolling Stone's Janet Reitman also attributed the statement to Hubbard, as a remark to science fiction writer Lloyd Eschbach and recorded in Eschbach's autobiography. Much of the controversy surrounding Scientology stems from the criminal convictions of core members of the Scientology organization. In 1978, a number of Scientologists, including L. Ron Hubbard's wife, Mary Sue Hubbard, who was second to command in the organization at the time, were convicted of perpetrating what was the to- what was at the time the largest incident of domestic espionage in the history of the United States called Operation Snow White. This involved infiltrating, wiretapping, and stealing documents from the offices of federal attorneys in the IRS. L. Ron Hubbard was convicted in absentia by French authorities of engaging in fraud and sentenced to four years in prison. The head of the French Church of Scientology was convicted at the same trial and given a suspended one-year prison sentence. An FBI raid of the Church of Scientology's headquarters revealed documentation that detailed Scientology's criminal actions against various critics of the organization. In Operation Freakout, this is the one we talked about earlier, Agents of the organization attempted to destroy Paulette Cooper, author of The Scandal of Scientology, an early book that had been critical of the movement. Among these documents was a plan to frame Gabe Cazares, the mayor of Clearwater, Florida, with a stage hit-and-run accident. Nine individuals related to the case were prosecuted on charges of theft, burglary, conspiracy, and other crimes. So that's their reach. They were going after the mayor of Clearwater. Which, of course, is where they are based, where their headquarters is. Um, 
1988, Scientology president Haber Gensch and 10 other members of the organization were arrested in Spain on various charges, including illicit association, coercion, fraud, and labor law violations. In October 2009, the Church of Scientology was found guilty of organized fraud in France. Sentence was confirmed by the Court of Appeal in February 2012 and by the Supreme Court of Cassation in October 2013. In 2012, Belgian prosecutors indicted Scientology as a criminal organization engaged in fraud and extortion. In March 2016, the Church of Scientology was acquitted of all charges and demands to close its Belgian branch and European headquarters were dismissed. Scientology has historically engaged in hostile action towards its critics. Executives within the organization have proclaimed that Scientology is not a turn-the-other-cheek religion. Journalists, politicians, former Scientologists, and various anti-cult groups have made accusations of wrongdoing against Scientology since the 1960s, and Scientology has targeted these critics, almost without exception, for retaliation in the form of lawsuits and public counter-accusations of personal wrongdoing. Many of their critics have also reported they were subject to threats and, har threats and harassments in their private lives. According to a 1990 Los Angeles Times article, Scientology, Scientology had largely switched from using church members to using private investigators, including former and current L.A. police officers, as this gives the organization a layer of protection in case investigators use tactics which might cause that organization embarrassment. In one case, the organization described their tactics as LAPD-sanctioned, which was energetically disputed by Police Chief Daryl Gates. The officer involved in this particular case of surveillance and harassment was suspended for six months. Well, well, now, now, here's what I find interesting. It's energetically disputed by Police Chief Daryl Gates, who historically was crooked as they come. Yeah. With LAPD. But didn't this guy? Didn't was it Daryl too busy? You know, freaking racially discriminating against people and trying to turn the LAPD into another yeah. branch of the U.S. military. Yeah, Daryl. So is so bad for LAPD. He uh, Daryl Daryl Gates resigned uh, because of the riots when the I acquittal of the four police officers with the beating of Rodney King. That was that was him. Yeah, yeah. And, and folks, anybody out there, if you look up that thing, just please be prepared for something really brutal video and also a great video on how to not take down a suspect. Right. Yeah. Now understand this, and, and I and to the listeners out there, as all of us being former law enforcement, LAPD as a whole is a phenomenal agency. There are yes. a lot of techniques, a lot of um, not just street patrol techniques, but investigation techniques, things of that nature that have stemmed from LAPD as as a whole. And they, they've just been very progressive throughout the years. LAPD so SWAT is... Right. Oh, There's yeah. SWAT, a lot of the, the SWAT agencies throughout the country and even the world have the roots from LAPD. 
And unfortunately, Daryl Gates was a bad apple. So, but but the thing with Daryl Gates is he also was very innovative as a chief. Yes. He brought, yes. he's the reason LAPD SWAT is what it is today because he used military tactics to train them because 100%. of his background. And I should be noted that although Daryl Gates, like I said, I, I, I don't, I'm a history buff and I look at the history and he was more detriment, but a lot of the roots of community policing Outreach yes, programs. Yes. Dare was started under Daryl yes. Gates. Yeah, now, and, and that's and that's why I'm saying is uh, he. You have to take the good with the, the bad. Table. Yeah, he brought a lot to the table, and because of all of the good that he had, a lot of his bad was kind of, oh well, you know, he's just a little rough around the edges. You well, know, it's, it's not so much and... a lot of the good that he did never would not bear fruition until long after he left. It would only be the, like, dare. Like, a lot of people look at, oh, dare didn't do anything. The program itself may not have accomplished, but it did say, hey, let's do, uh, instead of grabbing drug addicts and beating them, which is generally how, I, I hate to say it, but yeah, that's kind of how yeah, they used to, deal with, to mm-hmm. deal with it back way back in the day. Let's try and tackle this before it becomes a big issue. So, like so one one of the things that, and again, not excusing anything Daryl did, but one of the things we also have to look at is the time period. So Daryl yeah. Gates was, if I remember right, from like 1978 to 1992. That's about right. Was in service. So that's 40 years of service. If you look at policing, not just in LA, major cities, New York, Chicago, Chicago being one of the most corrupt police departments in history, especially with the mafia. They, most of them were on the mafia's payroll. I mean, there's, there's, evidence of Al Capone having hundreds of officers on his payroll. They and found that when, when they went yeah. through the books, which we are going to be doing some Al Capone because um, There's a character. I, yeah. I am a huge, huge Al Capone fan. As bad as he was, that yeah. man what, you want to talk about was, charismatic. Yeah, very much. He so. could win anybody over, and then getting being able to get away with all the stuff, and then being caught by Elliot Ness. Elliot Ness being one of my favorite agents of all time. He yeah, again I, I, a lot of controversy with Elliot Ness as well. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So you you have to look at the time period where what a lot of people don't realize in history is. In the early 70s, all the way up until mid to late 70s, you st- in a lot of states, you still had segregation. You yeah. still had racism to a, a explosive amount still, especially in the law enforcement community. As oh, yeah. sad as it is, as bad as it is, that's how it was. And that's where Daryl Gates' upbringing came from was coming from this racially motivated law enforcement 
of having to deal with segregation and these the desegregation stuff happening, LAPD being called out to de-escalate situations, and unfortunately, it would go get out of hand. Um, yeah. And yeah, and there's also a lot of little things on there, and uh, there's another case I hope we'll cut. Will we will cover soon? It, it kind of speaks to again the corruption and the complicity that LAPD had in some of the things, uh, the Wonderland killings. Um, probably the most bloody, one of the most bloodiest murders in LAPD history. Yet nobody ever went to trial for it. Even yeah. though if you ask anybody who's a crime a crime aficionado in LA or Southern California who committed the LAPD, oh, it was Eddie Nash. He ordered it. And then, well, why was he arrested? Well, it might have something to do with the fact that at least half of Robert Homicide, we used to frequent his clubs, and nobody really wanted to answer those questions about, hey, why are half of the investigating, supposedly investigating officers, or the people who should be investigating, two, the two main detectives were actually pretty clean. Um, why were they seen in the, the nightclub of the most notorious drug trafficker in Southern California. That's a great question. Let me answer as you run as Daryl Gates. Runs yeah. Away. So <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's definitely, we'll, we'll get into a lot of that stuff. We'll probably do an LA riots episode. Cause there is a so, lot into that. So the, the idea that Daryl Gates is basically probably not likely he was taking some kind of money from Scientology would not would not surprise me if L. Ron no, Hubbard was paying no, him. Not 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 surprising at all. I just chuckled. I was like, oh, Harold. Uh, you, yeah. you, 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 you just dig your, you just dig yeah. and raise yourself, yeah. don't you? Facts. <laughs> so, journalist John Sweeney reported that while making our BBC panorama film Scientology and Me, I have been shouted at, spied on, and my hotel invaded at midnight, denounced as a bigot by star Scientologist brainwashed, that's how it felt to me, in a mock-up of Nazi-style torture chamber and chased around the streets of Los Angeles by sinister strangers. Well, that just sounds like L.A. Yeah. Scientology. Yeah. Um, so, during the auditing process, the auditor collects and records personal information from the client. Remember, we uh, were jumping around here to to different stuff i uh, if if we follow a set line this will get really dry really quick um especially now that l ron hubbard's we're past the l ron hubbard death and all of that i don't want this to get dry so i decided to bounce us around um so while the church of scientology claims to protect the confidentiality of auditing records the organization has a history of attacking and psychologically abusing former members using information culled from the records. For example, a December 16, 1969, a Guardian office order by Mary Sue Hubbard explicitly authorized the use of auditing records for purposes of internal security. Former members report having participated in combing through information obtained in auditing sessions to see if it could be used for smear campaigns against critics. Jumping to the Sea Org, everybody's favorite. The Sea Org originally operated on vessels at sea 
where it was understood that it was not permitted to raise children on board the ships. Pregnant women in the Sea Org have stated that they had been pressured to undergo abortions. In 2003, the Times of India reported forced abortions, beatings, starvation are considered tools of discipline in this church. A former high-ranking source reports that some 1,500 abortions have been carried out by women in the Sea Organization since the implementation of a rule in the late 80s that members could not remain in the organization if they decided to have children. The source noted that and if members who have been in the Sea Organization for, say, 10 years do decide to have kids, they are dismissed with no more than $1,000 as a severance package. 1,500 abortions. Good that God, makes that makes excited. that makes Planned Parenthood look like a church. Jesus, we all know the shady stuff they've been. So that's the '80s until probably the early 2000s. Um, I'm trying to see the analytics, facts and figures for Planned Parenthood. Um, they don't have the 20, 22, 20, 23. So they not have. I'm sure they're probably, <laughs> you probably had to dig really deep. Not, I mean, not, not really. They're calling it other stuff. They're, they're, I mean, because Planned Parenthood does do a lot of different stuff. They don't just do abortions. Oh, yeah. No, no. They do they, great, no, they amazing offer, things. They, they offer a lot of, uh, like yeah. Services. But they, um, they do consider abortions a birth control service and but they also mix that with giving birth control and stuff like that but 2020 2021 <coughs> in a year Planned Parenthood did 2.19 million birth control services um but again this is a that's a national organization not a ship yeah, and I'm pretty sure they're, they're not doing it. They're doing it their reason. Un and they're doing it very unhealthily. Uh, yeah. I, somehow, I feel like uh, whatever your stance on abortion is, I don't want to get into that, but I, I, I do genuinely feel like Scientology morally is in the wrong here. For the oh, yeah. I mean, they're they're doing it because of rules. Um, Just so they can have control over Yeah, like... Yeah, and without getting too far into it, um, there it, it is my belief that in certain cases, morally abortion is okay, such as cases of rape and things like that, where it was not at the fault of the soon-to-be mother. Um, but Scientology was doing it just to have control. And they, uh, to, 
say this without sounding sounding like a dick or sounding like we don't care um they probably were doing stuff with a coat hanger yeah there's probably depending on how they went about pressuring them if it was just hey go to planned parenthood or as far as as far as i can tell they did everything on the boat they had abortions on the boat yeah you you would you would honestly think they would encourage children simply because more people. If you have a, yeah, if you have a fan, if you have mommy and daddy are fanatical Scientologists, it stands to reason they will raise so, little Jimmy and Tiffany to be but, fanatical. But this is the thing. But, but 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 this is the thing though. They're they don't ban kids from Scientology. They ban them from the Sea Org. If, Org, but again, as we've seen, Sea Org seems to be made up of like the most fanatical of them. Again, yeah, I think they want to want more. But yeah, I don't know. I think the Sea. Well, the reason the Sea Org was designed really was to serve L. Ron Hubbard. They were his servants. So if they have kids, they can't do that. They're taking care of the kid, not him. There's a divided interest, and plus, I no longer have sole control of the woman that has this child. Because even as loyal, quote-unquote, as she is, there's still a piece of her that's going to protect that child. Yeah. I mean, is it seems like I don't know. It's as it's as bad as Scientology is. It seems like they only get really nuts when they're the bottom line's threat. So yeah. I don't know. It just it just seems really it. This seems like a very odd move that they would just encourage all these abortions. But anyway, you're not. So uh, many former members have said that they were pressured to undergo abortion. Longtime member Astra Woodcraft reportedly left Scientology for good when the church tried to pressure her to have an abortion. Former Sea Org member Karen Presley recounted that she was often asked by a fellow Scientologist for loans so that they could get an abortion and remain in the Sea Org. Scientology employee Claire Headley has said she was forced to have two abortions to keep her job and was subjected to violations of personal rights and liberties for the purpose of obtaining forced labor. Laura Ann DeCrescensco reported she was coerced to have an abortion as a minor. Probably because it was L. Ron Hubbard's. Yeah, this sounds like it was your, we're trying to cover up some yeah. very illegal thing. Oh, yeah. Um... In March 2009, all the way in 2009, Maureen Bolstead reported that women who worked at Scientology's headquarters were forced to have abortions or face being declared a suppressive person by the organization's management. In March 2010, former Scientologist Jeanette Lang stated that at age 20, she became pregnant by her boyfriend while in the organization, and her boyfriend's Scientology supervisors coerced them into terminating the pregnancy. We fought for a week, and I was devastated. I felt abused. I was lost, and eventually I gave in. It was my baby, my body, and my choice. And all of that was taken away from me by Scientology, said Lang. 
Australian Senator Nick Xenophon gave a speech to the Australian Parliament in November 2009 about statements he received from former Scientologists. He said that he'd been told members of the organization had coerced pregnant female employees to have abortions. I am deeply concerned about this organization and the devastating impact it can have on its followers, said the senator. He requested that the Australian Senate begin an investigation into Scientology. According to the letters presented by the senator, the organization was involved in ordering its members to have abortions. Former Scientologist Aaron Saxon sent a letter to Senator Xenophon uh, stating he had participated in coercing pregnant women within the organization to have abortions. Aaron says women who fell pregnant were taken to offices and bullied to have an abortion. If they refused, they faced demotions and hard labor. Aaron says one staff member used a coat hanger and self-aborted her child for fear of punishment. Yeah, that is ultimate fear. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. That is hardcore. Carmel Underwood, another former Scientologist, said she had been put under extreme pressure to have an abortion and that she was placed into a disappearing program after refusing. Underwood was the executive director of Scientology's branch in Sydney, Australia. Scientology spokesman Tommy Davis said that these statements were utterly meritless. Mike Ferris, the head of Scientology in New Zealand, told media that there are no forced abortions in Scientology. Scientology spokesperson Virginia Stewart likewise rejected the statements and asserted the Church of Scientology considers the family unit and children to be of the utmost importance and does not condone nor force anyone to undertake any medical procedure whatsoever. So... Let's approach this from a law enforcement point of view. Let's let's take Scientology as the suspect of a crime, because they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you have former members as witnesses and as victims. Okay. The okay. church the church is saying we did not do this. This is meritless claims. This is just I, he said, she not said. Just meritless. And and I'll 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 say this for all all those that are familiar with linguistics and the why did you say this as opposed to this. Typically, when you get a statement utterly meritless, and you You're have it's utterly ridiculous, right? There is an ounce of truth to what they're being accused of. It sounds to me, and this is, again, looking at the whole, like you said, you're absolutely right, Aaron. This is very theatrical, colorful language. Mm-hmm. If he, A denial is a denial. If he says they, he could have literally said, is this true? Is this happening? No, it's not true. It's not nothing. Right. That right. And that's all he, that's it. End of story. Right. Nothing more, nothing yeah. less. He doesn't need. He doesn't need to expand on it. He doesn't need to add. This nope. is utterly ridiculous. We like right, and and well, so we, we we know this. We know. So this and this is and this is the thing. So we then look at victim statements. If it's one quote unquote victim, 
it's then a he said, she said. Right. Because there is no evidence. Again, they prob... Uh, when, even when you go to Planned Parenthood, if you get an abortion, it is completely anonymous. Because it's right. a medical procedure. Correct. HIPAA it violations, it all of that. Right. But would, when okay. you have six, seven, eight, ten people saying the same exact thing, then you have to take those with some merit and say, hey, these people who live on opposite sides of the world, you had people that are from Sydney and then people that are from America saying the same thing. And then one of those people that is talking about an abortion and then being kicked out is one of the leaders mm-hmm. of Scientology. I would, in that case, what I'd look at for at that point, once we've established, okay, we've got more than two, or even I'll say three. We've got more than three, and they don't. these people don't appear, and they're all saying more or less the same thing. Not exactly the same thing. If they're telling me the exact same thing, I, I have to wonder about coordination. Like maybe did these three know each other, and then right. one and everything. But we're having more or less different variations of the same thing. Okay, then I look at what's going on in those where, because that's the whole thing. Everyone, Scientology does say this, you know, family unit this, family unit. Scientology's political views, they seem pretty centrist in the sense of like. In some cases, they go conservative, but they're also pretty liberal on some areas. You know, obviously, they're not a very LGBTQ, you know, plus friendly, but they do seem to they do seem to hold some value to family and community because they encourage everybody to be there. I would be wondering if this is a case of do they have control of everything? Because clearly some organ some parts of the organizations are just doing their own thing. They're encouraging and forcing the people to have abortions because reasons. Like they, they have control, they want control, they don't want like you said, they don't want divided loyalties or anything. So I would I get the feeling in this case from a law enforcement point of view, I I don't think they if this is an organization this is an organization that has no control. So this is a, it's a franchise. The franchises in Florida and wherever are deviating from the set course or whatever, and that's what I'm thinking. Mm. But they have to say face. They can't just cut off. They can't just say, "Yeah, these guys suck." Forget them. Well, what I would look at is, I mean, you want to look at the evidence, so. What I'm going to look at is if these people are being forced to have an abortion, number one, why? Why are they forced to have an abortion? Control. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. So then what I'm going to go look at is how many kids are there in Scientology? Why is there, why are there happy marriages supposedly happy marriages throughout all of Scientology yet there doesn't seem to be any kids that's true you'd have to why 
So did these people have kids and give them up for adoption? Okay, adoption records are public for the most Mostly. part. Unless, unless there's victims of abuse and stuff like that, then they're made private. But most of them are public. So then I'm going to say, all right, did these people give up for adoption? I mean, when it comes to cases like this, too, you can also, with the victims, it's, hey, let's go get you a medical examination. Because then you can also see even... Like you can see the, especially if they're not doing this the right way, like that coat hanger incident, you're going to see them damage from that medically. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot to this. I, uh, I really, it really feels <sighs> like this is an organized, the best analogy is this is an organized crime apparatus. So as long as the upper management, the <coughs> bosses are getting their cut sent up, everybody, all the other crews, so you, again, use a mafia term, all the other crews can do whatever the hell they want. So as long well, as the and, boss is getting his percentage. Well, you have the free zones too, though. Right. And, and it's almost being run as if it is a mafia organization. You know? You're going to do this... Or else. Or a... Not just for its members, but for anyone that opposes. Or run like a government organization. Right. Like, like Caleb, you mentioned Al Capone. That's what he was known for. You you don't have to say, I'm going to bust your your hands up. If that doesn't work, I'm going to crack your skull in. That's the way he ran it. And he... Rightfully so, he was feared and respected, in air quotes, because he was feared. So, so one, one thing, and we'll really get into this, and we're talking about these organizations, is it's also run like the government. It's our way or the highway. And the reason I say that is because L. Ron Hubbard is believed to have been in connection at some point with Jim Jones, which then also is connected to MK ultra, which we are doing an episode on MK ultra. Um, that's an amazing episode. I don't want to say anything about it because I don't want to spoil it, but MK ultra is a big deal. There is a lot of conspiracy theories when MK Ultra hits. Same thing with Project Paperclip. All of that. So, um, but getting back on topic, a number of women have sued the Church of Scientology, alleging a variety of complaints, including human trafficking, rape, forced labor, and child abuse. In 2009, Mark and Claire Heedley sued the Church of Scientology, alleging human trafficking. Um, in the 1990s, Miscavige's organization took action against increased criticism of Scientology on the internet and online distribution of Scientology-related documents. Starting in 1991, Scientology filed 50 lawsuits against Scientology critic Cult Awareness Network, or CAN. Many of the suits were dismissed, but one resulted in $2 million in losses, bankrupting the network. 
At bankruptcy, Can's name and logo were obtained by a Scientologist. A new cold awareness network was set up with Scientology backing, which says it operates as an information and networking center for non-traditional religions, referring callers to academics and other experts. In 1993... U.S. lawsuit brought by Church of Scientology against former member Stephen Fishman. Fishman made a court declaration which included several dozen pages of formerly secret uh, esoterica detailing aspects of Scientologist's uh, cosmogony. As a result of the litigation, this material normally strictly safeguarded and used only in Scientology's more advanced OT levels found its way to the internet. This resulted in a battle between the Church of Scientology and its online critics of their right to disclose the material or safeguard its confidentiality. Church of Scientology was forced to issue a press release acknowledging the existence of this cosmogony rather than allow its critics to distort and misuse this information for their own purposes. Even so, the material, notably the story of Xenu, which we discussed earlier, has since been widely disseminated and used to uh, caricature Scientology despite the Church of Scientology's vigorous program of copyright litigation. In January 1995, Church of Scientology lawyer Helena Cobrin attempted to shut down the news group alt.religion.scientology by sending a control message instructing Usenet servers to delete the group. In practice, this RM group message had little effect since most Usenet servers are configured to disregard such messages when sent to groups that receive substantial traffic and newsgroup messages were quickly issued to recreate the group on those servers that did not do so. Um, so, Usenet also called users network that is a discussion system available on pretty much anybody's computers it was made in 1980 um it was a web message board basically um it had spam filters and all of that on it um it's still used to this day just not as wide um it was precursors to Dropbox, Google Drive, um, iCloud, OneDrive, all of those things. Uh, it, it's a precursor to all these file sharing sites that we have now. Um, so this is what they were. This is what all of the news was being distributed through, and they just couldn't get them shut down like they wanted to. Um, love free speech yeah however the issuances of the message led to a great deal of public criticism by free speech advocates among the criticism raised one suggestion is that scientology's true motive is to su suppress the free speech of its critics church of scientology also began filing lawsuits against those who posted copyrighted texts on the news group and the World Wide Web, lobbied for tighter restrictions on copyrights in general, and supported the controversial Sonny Bono Copyright Term Extension Act. 
as well as the even more controversial Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Um, so... The... Digital Millennium Copyright Act implements treaties of the World Intellectual Property Organization. Basically, it criminalizes production and dissemination of technology, devices, or services intended to circumvent measures that control access to copyrighted works. Um, so, basically, they were claiming that their stuff was copyrighted so that legally it couldn't be distributed. However... There's no, there was no record of Scientology ever copywriting their material. Because in order to copyright it, it would have eventually needed to be made public. They would have had to give it to a copyrighted organization, show it, um, and it would have needed to have been reviewed for copyright. So they never did that. I just got the song. I had to pay. Yeah. Um, beginning in the middle of 1996 and ensuing for several years, the news group was attacked by anonymous parties using a tactic dubbed sporgery by some in the form of hundreds of thousands of forged spam messages posted on the group. Some investigators said that those that some spam had been traced to members of the Church of Scientology. Former Scientologist Troy Christman later asserted that the Office of Special Affairs had undertaken a concerted effort to destroy alt.religion.scientology through these means. The effort failed. I believe so, they still exist. Wait a minute. Scientology invented trolling. Because that's just sounds like trolling. Fake spam messages on the thing in order to distort something. Yes. It's troll. It's troll. I mean, at a God, grand yeah. level, yes. Yeah. They bastards invented trolling. Another reason. All right. Another reason to hate these people. Um. On January 14, 2008, a video produced by the Church of Scientology featuring an interview with Tom Cruise was leaked to the internet and uploaded to YouTube. Church of Scientology issued a copyright violation claim against YouTube, requesting the removal of the video, calling the action by the Church of Scientology a form of internet censorship. Participants of Anonymous, um, if anybody's familiar, familiar with Anonymous, they are political activist hackers. Um, Anonymous has done some really good stuff. They go against people like Scientology and all these other cults and stuff. And the information that they are able to find is insane. They are... They became famous. They wear the V for Vendetta masks. Um, and that's their thing. They hide their identity with those masks. Um, so they coordinated Project Chanology, consider, consisting of a series of denial-of-service uh, attacks against Scientology websites, prank calls, and black faxes to Scientology centers. So... They, in turn, did what Scientology was doing and just started to spam the shit out of Scientology call centers. So, like... uh when you're the victim. Yeah, like, sending somebody a black fax is... 
literally uh, prank facts. Um, it's literally just sending hundreds of pages of black through a fax machine. So they're using that fax number up and just sending black pages through. And Plus you also drain all your ink. Oh yeah. They're just constantly sending this. They're doing prank calls. There it was they were doing a lot. Um in January twenty first, twenty eight, Anonymous announced his intentions via video posted to YouTube entitled Messes to Scientology and a press release declaring a war against the Church of Scientology and the Religious Technology Center. In the press release, the group stated that the attacks against the Church of Scientology would continue in order to protect the freedom of speech and, and, and end what they saw as a financial exploitation of the members of their organization. In January 28, 2008, an anonymous video appeared on the YouTube calling for protests outside of Church of Scientology buildings on February 10, 2008. The date was chosen because it was the birthday of Lisa McPherson, the one that died in Scientology. Um, according to a letter, anonymous email to the press, about 7,000 people protested in more than 90 cities worldwide. Wow. That's the reach of anonymous. And they are still going to this day. Oh, yeah. They oh, still yeah. have a reach. I personally, I love it. Oh, I do too. I think they're great. They're all about maintaining the Constitution and all of that. Um, uh, many protesters wore masks based on the character V from V for Vendetta um, or otherwise disguised their identities in part to protect themselves from reprisals from the Church of Scientology. Many further protests have followed since then in cities around the world. The Arbitration Committee of the Wikipedia Internet Encyclopedia decided on May 2009 to restrict access to its site from Church of Scientology IP addresses to prevent self-serving edits by Scientologists. So, where we're getting this information, a lot of it was from Wikipedia. What was happening is Scientologists, because Wikipedia, you can self-edit. You can, Anybody can go in there and edit stuff. Well, if you have a Church of Scientology IP address, you are not allowed to even get on the page of Scientology. Yeah. So that they couldn't change anything. Yeah, uh, I mean, they once, uh, Wikipedia once caught, um, <laughs> this is kind of funny, the, the like princess heir apparent to Holland, uh, the Dutch royal family, uh, she apparently got caught... Uh, on her own Wikipedia page, changing some of the information on there. Yeah. Bit of uh, well, it was more of an embarrassing thing, but everyone's like, wow, and they highlight it's like, oh wow, you can highlight your own information and change the facts. It's like, yeah. yeah. Um, a host of anti-Scientologist editors were topic banned as well. The committee concluded that both sides had gamed policy and restored resorted to battlefield tactics with articles on living persons being the worst casualties. So the legal status of Scientology or Scientology-related organization differs between jurisdictions. Scientology was legally recognized as tax-exempt religion in Australia, Portugal, and Spain. Scientology was granted tax-exempt status in the U.S. in 1993. Uh, the organization is considered a cult in Chile and an anti-constitutional sect in Germany. 
and is considered a cult by some French Republic authorities. The Church of Scientology argues that Scientology is a genuine religious movement that has been misrepresented, maligned, and persecuted. The organization has pursued an extensive public relations campaign for the recognition of Scientology as a tax-exempt religion in the various countries in which it exists. Church of Scientology has often generated opposition due, its due to its strong-arm tactics directed against critics and members wishing to leave the organization. Um, a minority of governments regard it as a religious organization tied to tax-exempt status, while other governments variously classify it as a business, cult, pseudo-religion, or criminal organization. Um, I want to kind of skip ahead. The rest is kind of redundant and kind of goes over what we were talking about um, before. But... In, in regards to, uh, we're going to jump to the last page, guys. Um, talking about them in the media, documentaries about Scientology have typically focused on allegations about the church's intimidating behavior, greed, and brainwashing. Popular examples include Louis Thoreau's 2015 documentary, My Scientology Movie, Leah Remini's documentary series Scientology in the Aftermath, drawing on her experience as a church member. Paul Thomas Anderson's 2012 film The Master features a religious organization called The Cause that has similarities to Scientology. Comedy series has also critiqued Scientology. The most notable was 2005 South Park episode Trapped in the Closet, which highlighted the Xenu story and claimed that the church was a scam on a global scale. There have also been theater shows about the church, such as Kathy Skekelberg's 2017 one-person show Squeeze My Cans about her former life in the church. Um, so, yeah, that is Scientology, guys. Uh, yeah, the scam slash organized crime apparatus. Uh, so, final thoughts? Um, well, Aaron, you first, age before beauty. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Guess um, I'm going last. And, right, wow. Um, I mean, it's, they're absurd, atrocious, um, money, obviously money to them is something they have, uh, easily, and unfortunately they use it to, uh, achieve their end goals, you know? I, I go back to what I said earlier. They're they're more of a mafia organization than than anything else. And I, I find it comical as we were going through this whole thing that they're crying foul that uh, you know they've been they've been treated uh, poorly and and maligned and all this kind of stuff when they're doing that very thing to everybody else. Yep. Um, honestly, I think these. <laughs> the, this is an immoral organization. Like everybody, every these days, everybody seems to you know keep trying. Let's criticize Christianity or whatever or other organized religion, and yet they just 
blatantly ignore this organization that is, by all accounts, is, for, is engaging in slave labor, is intimidation, and but we, we, we say nothing about it. I mean, I think if Scientology really wanted to be really like if there are if there are genuine people in there who just want to have this calling or whatever the hell it is maybe they maybe they they genuinely believe in dianetics and everything but they're not about this greedy immoral thing force your leaders out Musgrave all of them force them out disband Sea Org any of these stupid little apparatuses that don't have any that really do nothing but just promote the these twisted interests of the, of your organization get rid of them and then then maybe people will stop because as long as these people who are currently living who are currently running the organization we will never see them as nothing more than just like you said an organized crime apparatus that is more of a detriment to human society than a benefit Alright, so this does wrap up Scientology um, four-parter. Um, yeah, so we'll let you know if Scientology tries to come after us. Um, we'll let you know if we decide to go visit Scientology. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, so... They better, have, they better have pastries, that's all I gotta say. We, <laughs> I, these two have been telling me there's free, there's free snacks. And there are. There, so they, they better be. Um, maybe, not, maybe you'll get some free punch, too. Yeah. So, with that, um, yeah, we are going to conclude Scientology. Um, please, please join us next week as we grab another topic but we want to thank you for visiting the scarlet tavern please remember to turn in your glasses push in your seat and as always tip the bard good night everybody good night, good night.